Hey, thanks for checking out the podcast. If you want to visit iTunes or Apple Podcasts or anywhere you get your podcast, rate, review, subscribe, and even share the show. Helps me out. Leave me a little something like a little message about oregano or Domino's Pizza or how Papa John's is evil. Thanks for checking out Out of the Blank Podcast. You are now listening to Out of the Blank. 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 Welcome to a special episode of Out of the Blank Podcast. I say special because we've had both of these guests on separately, but now they're here together. It's the United States of Horror. Double trouble. Hello, everyone. (laughs) If there is one state out there that you would say is probably the craziest one, which would you say? It really depends on what exactly you mean by crazy or... Have you looked up anything that happens in Florida? Oh. I was actually yeah. thinking Louisiana. Louisiana. But Florida would actually be good too. Florida's pretty good because that's where you have people. We just read an article about a man in Florida who covered his fists in peanut butter to go beat up his neighbor who was severely allergic to peanuts. So... Oh my God, that is the best thing I've ever heard in my entire life. Yeah. Uh, so as far as like crazy as in absurd and extreme, probably Florida. Well, all the craziest stories come from Florida. Yeah. Alligator fighting, meth head people, yeah. California bred a lot of the big name serial killers, but Florida's easiest, I think. If you t- if you type in your name on or your birth date on Google, whatever day you're born of any day of any year, um, it will give you a literally a thing of from Florida saying a crime or something. On my birthday, a dude drove his car into a Taco Bell and then tried to rob the person with an alligator. I don't understand what was this, like the train of thought that got you there, but he did it. Maybe the guy is Diablo sauce. That's right, because that sauce does part wisdom, doesn't it? It gives you like a little thing. I always love getting those sauces. To me, those are like the um, hearts that you get for Valentine's Day that say, you know, you're cute. This sauce tells me it loves me or it hates me, and I like that. Yeah. Your insides will match your outsides one day. What? What? (laughs) Well, so, I mean, when I asked kind of like if you guys had an article or something you wanted to bring up, yeah. I wanted to bring up one thing that Jeff said in a podcast. Jeff, I don't know if you remember this, but you mentioned a family of murderers, but you 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 talked on the lines of like country family, like kind of cabin in the woods, for instance. All right. Okay. Um, so I actually found an, I found my own article. It's called the bl- oh. it's called the Bloody Benders. Have you ever heard of these people? The Bloody Benders? Yes. Yeah, we've heard. Well, I've heard of them, but I listen to copious amounts of true crime documentary yeah. or you know podcasts. So, <laughs> what, what do you know about the Bloody Benders? Um, I know that they ran an inn, um, and they collectively murdered copious amounts of guests. 
but I don't remember the exact details. All I, all I know is Rob Zombie should do a movie about them. That's that he would be the only person to do it justice. But like it was a family of serial killers who lived and operated in Kansas from 1871 to 1873. And, you know, it was was a whole family, a brother, a sister, a mom and a dad. And they there's no definitive number of killings they had. And nobody knows what happened to them. How does that happen? Like, this is like the OJ case where I'm like, I'm sensing some, 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 some creepy business, I would say. Yeah. Um, I think back in that era, which I'm pretty sure it was like way in what, like 1800s or something like that. 1870s. 1900s, uh, probably 1800s. Anyway, 1800s. back then it was a lot easier to kidnap people who were traveling because anything could happen in the road. Especially with animals back yeah. then, the wild, wild west, and yeah, and making their way, find some weird little inn, drop them in a little shoot or something. They don't never see them again. People would leave and just never return, and it didn't always mean that they were murdered. But Mama, I'm turning twelve. I'm a man now. I'm going west. Never see them again. Yeah. They say don't pick up hitchhikers, but like, it brings up a good point though. Like we hear a lot about murders today, for instance, but mm-hmm. what about murders back in the past, like? You always used to hear about somebody, I was taking my lovely jog through the woods at three o'clock in the morning and I stumbled across two dead bodies. It's like, I have many questions for you on the aspect of why are you jogging at three o'clock in the morning in a very dark forest? And what did the bodies look like? (laughs) Are they eatable? Are they eatable? Edible. Edible. Eatable. We can go um, with eatable. We're not in uh, educated podcast. This is not your version where you're telling everybody the creepiness of the world, I would say. Well, I got an idea. So if someone gets high and then you cook them and eat them, do you get high afterwards? I think that's what they called smoked meat, and I don't think that's how it works. <laughs> uh, unfortunately. You, okay, that brings up a good concept, though. If you accept being eaten by people is that illegal or is that just passive cannibalism there actually was i think there was a case where that happened because people would pay him to eat people it was based off of like a true story but um this guy would go on like craigslist and be like looking for toes and fingers to look and cook up and eat i think i saw on like one of those reddit pages so i don't know if it was true or not but i was like interesting that's what i would do if it's voluntary do you get in trouble for it I'm trying to think. I know there was a case where it was a mutual agreement between two people that this gentleman wanted the other guy to kill him. I don't remember the details. I wish I had it right in front of me, but um, he ended up murdering this gentleman, ended up murdering the other guy, but it was all like consensual. He got on tape and like verbally said, like, I'm not being coerced. I really want him to kill me. Like it was some sort of Mutual like, agreement. Yeah, mutual agreement. Uh, like how Dr. Dr. Kovarkian, yeah. you know. Well, yeah. Uh, and then you have to consider Dr. Kovarkian, who technically murdered hundreds of people, but it was really just assisted suicide. Brings into the aspect of like when I started realizing like people can be nuts, but at the same time, I might have been stupid enough to try it is a thousand ways to die. Like you hear half of those stuff you're watching, you're like, I could have been me. Like I saw a dude that taped like his chainsaw to a giant rope and it was to get the back of his shrubs in the back. So he would swing it around his head 
and he was trying to get the things in the back. And what happened was he got wrapped around his arm and around his neck and the saw blade came back and hit him in the neck. And that's how he died. And his neighbor was like freaking out. And I'm like, the first of all, whoever does the dramatizations or whatever on the murder things, I wish I would have known that was a dramatization when I was a kid because I used to watch these murder shows as a kid and I used to think like, why isn't the camera guy helping? Why isn't he doing anything? He's watching these people get murdered. And also, like all the CSI ones, I used to think they're so close because the original CSI was like in, you know, Las Vegas and certain location. Like, that's so close to me. That's like an hour away. You know, when I was like five or four or five, I didn't know. I'm like, well, there's a murder on TV like a mile away from me. And she's like, that's, don't worry about it. We're just, just don't worry about it. I'm like, no, you don't understand. This guy who likes butterflies is hunting this guy who kills people who likes kids. I'm like, what do I do? So I, I used to have a crazy imagination. So then I'm like, oh, wait, Las Vegas is that far away from me, which is you know, like five, six hours. So I'm like, I'm, I'm okay right now for now. <laughs> for now. If I had to ask you about like, what about death do you question? Do you question a st- more of, of like a suicidal thing? Do you question more of a killing? Do you question more of like just the idea of it in general? Because I look at like my mind has changed on killings depending on what the situation fits for. Like me, you talked about Kaylee with a justice kill, which is like if somebody's supposed to be going to jail, but something happens, they pay enough money, they slip through the cracks. You're like, this person's going to get off. Like then somebody does an action. And you're like, that's a justice kill. But then there's like the ones where it's like, is the person mentally stable? Like, that's why they have a whole, you know, therapist in there kind of during the thing is like, is this person really insane? Like, if he doesn't regret anything, you know? I just love the whole um, aspect of the legal system and how the psychosis behind how they try people, trial and stuff. And how they let some people go, some people do that. Because back in the 1800s, in the old wild west, if you had a problem with someone, you just challenge each other, shoot off, and then that's how you used to settle stuff. Or you hang them. Or hang them, yeah. And here's a town, there's a town of 20. Who wants to hang them? Everyone raises their hand, even the dog. <laughs> and that's like, I thought it should be, but again. We're going to need more rope, Larry. We got five new hangings coming in. The rope business in the. <laughs> oh, my. That would have revolutionized the old West if the rope industry went out of business. Like, oh my God, you know how we're not going to have a hanging today. We got no rope. Oh, I got some cable over here. They'd figure something out. There's no, there's no way. Well, they used to use like shoelaces and stuff too. Which time period do you think would be the worst to survive in? A lot of them. <laughs> I think nowadays because there's so much going on in one's mind. And we don't know how to survive. If we didn't have our phones or anything else, like electronics and stuff or medicine, we'd not be able to survive. But back then, you just have to work on a farm. And just, you just be able to know how to take care of yourself. Nowadays, people think they can, but I don't think they could. So I think if, like, a, like now, but like a post-apocalyptic version of now. I think you bring up Yeah, a, I believe that for, for sure. I didn't mean to interrupt true. you, Kaylee. I'm sorry. Oh, no, you're... You're good. Um, there's a there's a there's a, a tiny bit of a delay, I think, on uh, both of our ends here. But when I what you brought up a good point though, Jeff, a very good point, and that is, if you look at how killings are today compared to killings back in the day, have you noticed the major change between what it is? Anybody? Oh yeah, they used to have England and stuff. They used to have like just warriors running at each other, face towards each other and die. Lados, they literally just stand in line, shoot each other, 
start reloading. They would not move until the end of the fight, until one side gave up. And now we just have crazy stuff going on everywhere, grenades. It's just more chaotic now, and I don't think people know how to handle chaotic. Why do you think that it's changed? I, I do blame social media or like technology, the way the world works, but I think what's the weird thing is if we notice group killings compared to small singled out killings, Back in the day, it was really easy to kill somebody and get away with it. Um, mm-hmm. Group killings were more focused in on. Now it's like the small killings today. Like if I went to go stab my neighbor or something, I would be found out the next day with technology. That's why we're seeing everything where it's massive, giant group attacks. Because yeah. it's it's like if you're going to go and get caught, you might as well you know go for the gold and go end up taking uh, more than just one life. I don't want to say that's like the Olympic championship for serial killing, but it's it's up there. There's well, like a number now. Yeah, it's just like the Dark Knight shooting in uh, in Aurora, Colorado, where he went in and uh, he actually had a journal where he listed out all the different ways that he could potentially carry out his mission which was to take people's lives. And um, he listed out, you know, serial murder, too easy to get caught, not as many victims, spree murder. um, Again, I think it was like too low of a number. So he basically decided that a mass shooting would be the easiest way to get the most amount of kills uh, to achieve his goal. And he chose a movie theater on purpose. Yeah. And he went by the exit, so no one could really get out unless they try to run past him and stuff. So he, it's just a whole process how people think now. Is and not that killing is is ever sensible unless in those instances where we've talked about justice killings, uh, but I feel like there was more of this is gonna sound bad, but it, it was it wasn't as pointless as it is today. Yeah, like now it's like you you find people doing it for the fact of getting the thrill the attention from media you know and i think that that is it comes with like this weird entitlement that people get they're not getting enough attention you know in their individual lives it comes down to like just the mental health of people nowadays i think mental health has been on a decline just because there's this weird like in like I said entitlement but I it's don't a, know it's a lack of empathy in the world I think it is it's like once you once you start being able to in like feel how someone else feels or what would it be like if I did that to them how would that affect me then you complete it's like having a goldfish you don't give two shits about that goldfish if it dies you're gonna cry maybe for a minute like I did but you're gonna get over it and move on it's gonna hurt more if you lost a dog or if you lost another, like a cat, for instance, it would hurt you more because it's more emotional and interactive with you. People aren't really like that. So it's easier for us to get pissed off with somebody rather than to learn to love somebody. Well, yeah. also like with technology, ever since like, I believe like the early 80s, 90s, when I ever started getting more into like TV and uh, internet and stuff, you're more likely, you're able to see so much chaos in the world Back in the older days, you saw it firsthand, you dealt with it locally, and now you just go on TV and see a mass bomb or a mass shooting and handle it, or you just want to be like that. You want to back in the, you know, it's more of an honor thing, and now you want to earn honor instead of defend honor. Ever since also earlier in the world, world wars and stuff with the 
gassings of people and stuff and just the bombings, we started getting more drastic. There used to be a code of ethics between countries and people and no one knows how to obey them now. Yeah, I think a lot of the moral values have been degraded and uh, even just going back to social media, everybody lives their life filtered through their screen. And that's how they're living their lives is through their screens, especially right now when everybody is basically in isolation. Um, it's really easy for people to forget that those people on the other side of your screen are real life people. They're humans, they're living and breathing and have emotions. And um, there's that veil, I think, that some people just can't see past it. Also, a lot of people see it through their screens and they don't see it firsthand. Yeah, so, and meaningful relationships are slowly dwindling, you know, in my opinion. And that's family. <laughs> and I think it's also with us family because like, yeah. growing up, I always had my great grandmother and stuff, and my great grandfather. And they would tell me about the, like, I'm a great grandfather serving the war, and he would tell me all these crazy stories. And I was able to know that personally. I have a friend who's like, I never met my grandfather or grandmother. My, my, my dad was never around, so why should I care? So I'm like, you're probably going to be a serial killer one day, dude. <laughs> I think it also leads to the aspect of, like, if you look at major wars, major bombings, major things you hear about every couple of years in the news, it's now gone from that to so many killings every single day because they're just separate and alone rather than these giant things that kept it relevant to our lives. Like, oh, shit, a life is now gone. Now it's yeah. like people are like, oh. It's that easy. I could do this and that person's gone. My problems are gone with that person. But it's like, what the fuck led you to the point of putting peanut butter on your hands and beating the crap out of your neighbor because they have a nut allergy? That's thought out. That's not, that's like a creative kill. That's not even like, a, I'm actually going to try and kill this person. This is more like, wouldn't it be funny if I just, Mike Tyson punched this guy in the face with some skippy peanut butter? I was like, is that like a Dungeons and Dragons reference? Like poison <laughs> damage and stuff? Oh, God. Plus 20 damage. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, all right. But uh, <laughs> we have to with you. Yeah. Okay. So we actually did an episode on this guy, but he is one... It, he's one of the worst people that I think we've ever covered, in my opinion. I feel physically sick even talking about what he's done and so did to people. So we want to share it with you. Yeah. I'm interested. So, um, Are you ready? Um, so I'll tell you a little bit, a little bit. I'm trying not to like be super structured because I know it's not like we have the whole, whole time to do the whole story, but Robert Verdella was a serial killer and he was known as the Kansas City Butcher and the collector. So the reason why he was known as the Kansas City Butcher is because he forced his victims to endure periods of up to six weeks of captivity where he tortured them in copious amounts of ways and he actually had a detailed journal where he would log each and every one of his torture methods, how the person reacted, he took Polaroid pictures of him performing those acts of torture. Nothing beats a classic Polaroid. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. We've seen some of the Polaroids. Yeah, they're available online. 
So if you can stomach it, but it's not, it's not pleasant at all. It, it's kind of, it's really sickening, <laughs> but. Oh, I got chills. Yeah, it, it's rough. Um, so he did, like I said, he described in graphic detail, the sexual, physical, and emotional abuse. He, um, you can you can do it. You can be a little bit more structured if you want. It doesn't have to be so like out of the blank. I would say. No, no, no. Kaylee has like eight pages. I, so, I, listen. Okay, I'll I'll do what I can to. I'll I'll just be me, but I'll also you know try yes. not to go too crazy. But um, so basically, he was so sick that he would take care of these people after he's he's given them their wounds. But that was only for selfish reasons because he wanted to prolong prolong the time that he had with them to torture them. Um, so methods of torture were high voltage electrical shocks, starvation, application of alkaline-based detergents to their throats, vocal cords, and vocal cords or, or eyes. eyes. Yeah, he bludgeoned their hands with the intention of rendering these body parts unusable. So you have kind of like a Jeffrey Dahmer aspect where he's essentially trying to create a slave. A, a slave. The reason for injecting the chemicals into their vocal cords was to damage them so that they couldn't scream. And then obviously it damaged their eyes so that they couldn't see and, to escape. Imagine their hands also being crushed and broken and stuff. That so way they can't fighting back. Uh, yeah, yeah, basically. Uh, another method of torture was inserting needles beneath their fingernails. And he also confessed that the level of abuse he inflicted had increased with each successive victim. So he just continued to increase the brutality of his tortures throughout. Get that perfect slave, perfect so, minion. Um, and then, like I said, he had Polaroids, which he kept as trophies. And um, what he did eventually is he did dismember the bodies and then uh, he did bury a couple skulls in the back. And whenever they were skeletonized, he brought them back and put them inside his house so that he could keep them, you know. There's kind of a movie kind of based on him called The Collector Collection mm -hmm. and stuff. So the butterflies, though. So it's like a mix between. Yeah. And then he stowed uh, the other body parts in trash bags and took them to various landfills to dispose of them. So basically, I think a couple of body parts were found, like I think the skulls of two men were found, but besides that, none of the bodies were ever, ever found. The only reason they knew he did is because of the Polaroids, pretty much. So I have, I, first of all, have you ever seen the movie Pain and Gain? I don't think so. Sounds familiar, but it's, it's with Mark Wahlberg and The Rock. Mm, no. I really recommend this movie to you guys because it's basically like these guys they end up doing a fit night of their fitness freaks. It's always working out 24-7, pumping iron. It kind of seems like it's going to turn into a fitness documentary, but they end up finding a bunch of money and stealing it, and they go inside of this house, and the dude gets so mad that he kills the house owner who's like this rich Italian guy that just insults him the whole entire time. Um, basically, by throwing a weight at him while he's bench pressing and the thing falls on the dude's head and kills him. So then his wife is still alive. So they have to kill her. And then you get to see these guys take these bodies to a warehouse and try and 
you know, use the person's money, live his life, basically live in his house, but they have to try and figure out how to get rid of the evidence. So they grab all the peroxide, all the chemicals that you would put a body in and everything goes wrong. Like tubs are flying everywhere. Bodies are spilling out. They're trying to saw through it and they're throwing up everywhere. And it's like, it's the most amateur thing compared to what you see on like Dexter, where he's got everything like Rain Man placed out. But you guys would love that movie. I mean, it really puts into perspective, like at least in my head it did for like, oh my God, like the amount of you actually have to go through all this. Like it's weird reading about it. Like if you read it on paper, it's like, okay, well, you chop the person's head off. Then imagine that trying to do that, trying to cut through a bone, trying to cut, like, have you ever tried to cut a steak that's too hard? Like, fuck, like it's, it's not easy. I was um, a butcher on a chicken farm, so yeah, you know it's, what it's like when you hear that snap, that freaking thing that makes you girdle. I saw um a football documentary, and I heard a dude hit helmet to helmet with somebody, and I heard the spine that crack. Like, if you ever see the Simpsons movie where they draw at the ending, Maggie drops the rock on that one Epa guy's head, and you hear the boulder make the thud. That if you really take that down, that scene down to something without that, that would have been a completely different effect on like, for me, I was like, Oh, like you could hear the neck pop, the neck crack. And it's like, Ugh. like that, those types of things, like people talk about, like, you know how easy it would be to stab somebody with an ice pick. It's like, yeah, but could you do it? Like yeah. <laughs> imagine like in my town, for instance, when I told you guys about our case, We've had multiple Mm -hmm. gang things that have happened down here. And a dude got stabbed like 64 times. And the reason why they knew that was gang related was because nobody can sit there and stab somebody 64 times without having hatred behind that. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot more. Uh, Hatred or fear. Because if you don't do it to them, they do it to you. And you have more than one person doing it to you. And then they go after your family. That's a whole mafia lifestyle. So either you choose to take out the hatred with that one person or five people come after you and your family that really makes me think about like killing the whole family to be honest with you have you ever had like a mortal enemy be like if i kill this guy is his family gonna come like you know so many movies or tv shows a dude kills a guy in front of his son and then he walks away without getting the little boy and i'm like that guy's gonna grow up train his whole life to kill you like end it end the whole line have you seen death sentence with kevin bacon no, I don't like Kevin Bacon. Oh, okay. He was good in this one because that kind of thing happened with him, but it was his whole family got killed, and he went after this whole cartel. So I was like, okay, oh, I have seen that movie. Yeah, yes. You know, it, it ends in a church type thing, I think. Yeah. They're just looking at each other like, ready to do this? <laughs> yeah, it was like crazy. Like Kill Bill with the little girl but under the bed. That whole process, how, you know, it was a gang initiation and how he ended up going after the whole gang and them, how he makes a normal guy go crazy enough to do it. I always found that fascinating more than actual murdering in that, in that movie. But. Same here. Made me look at like the articles, for instance, like the one you just told me about. I'm sitting here thinking like what? Because our experiences through life shape how we become into the future. A lot of things that have been influenced into our lives can affect how we act. And I look at, like, you ever hear about the shoe killer, the guy that, you know, would kill women and collect their shoes. And you realize that, 
he spent so much of his time as a little kid hiding under like clothing racks and checking out women's shoes. It's like, you start to realize that like, I would like to sit, like I, I used to watch these uh, videos for psychology class where you would sit there and watch like in a court case, the person's feelings and see if they would sense emotion, if they felt regret or something. And I remember hearing a story from one of my favorite comedians about his buddy that got locked up, uh, mis I guess, misjudged. Um, they thought he killed his own mom for the insurance money and the guy didn't. And he's sitting there like, why did you kill your mom? He's like, I didn't. They're like, why don't you feel sorry? He's like, I don't. Because they were like, oh, you're mentally insane. And they locked him up. And you realize he was being honest. He didn't feel remorse because he didn't do the crime. But nobody would believe him. So he spent 15-something years incarcerated. And so they figure out, wow, he actually didn't do it. He goes, I fucking told you. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, because uh, there's also like false uh, lie detector tests, too. So sometimes, they, especially in the older days, they used to go all off on that. Or they have high witnesses so they just believe one person or he failed the test sent him in jail for 20 years and so that's why a lot of the system is messed up i think and we need a major restructure because there's a lot of people who are literally murdering people and they get like you know life and there's like uh, serial rapists and stuff like um gacy and stuff they just get out within a couple months and it just blows my mind. 18 months of like a five-year sentence or something like that <sighs> and i think they if they are going to release them early, they need to be a better checking them, better updating stuff. It's just it all it all falls back to the factor of empathy, though, because there's a certain topic I studied through school called truth wizards. And it's a real thing. You can look it up on your phone. You can actually see if you can take the test to qualify to be a truth wizards. But it's the people that sense bullshit. Mostly they're judges, they're cops, they're people that are having to do with enforcing some type of law or mostly judges, though, because you can tell if someone's being honest or if someone's lying to you. And I think a lot of times people don't go and search for that information, because if I sit here and tell you that, like, yo, so I got a third arm. You're like, what are you talking about? Like, you don't see a third arm on you. Like, you trust me. I got a third arm. Are you going to believe me? No, you'd want to see it. Well, perhaps if I can't show it to you, you have to understand in my voice, sense the truth in it. Is there truth in there? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's why I like psychology and um, the psychosis of people. I love when, like, therapists, when they look at you, they can tell you're lying. Just by the way you're looking at someone, the way your eyes look, the way you, like, your mouth twitches sometimes or like your way your nose wiggles just i always found like body posture and body language important too when you talk to people and look at people jeff you would be the best cult leader <laughs> oh yeah but like it would be an accidental cult like kaylee would be like jeff you started a cult you're like did i i was just trying to get all these people to do what i wanted and they did it <laughs> maybe not again third time this month <laughs> Yeah, that would be interesting to see. People, I think, are weak-minded now, but they they can have so much strength in other ways. And I don't know, it's just it fascinates me nowadays, especially with cults and stuff like Charles Manson. He's the only one that affects me. Like all these serial killers, John Gacy and all these people, I really don't Because it's that psychological where warfare yeah. that's really terrifying and i think that's why like if you think about it if he actually went down like more of an army path he could have been like a general or something like a major lieutenant oh, that's or something. a scary thought and he could be in charge of all these men seeing them die and like could they possibly be the same in a way 
is that some sort of weird brain uh, brain um well, even with yes, Charles Charles Manson, for instance, but like MK Ultra, where it's like a whole mind screw in a general. But like if we look at um Project Jedi, which is the movie Men Who Stared Goats, where they would train literally psychological warriors thinking we could train these people that can, you know, be so full of love and project these emotions and thoughts into the enemy's head to get them to stop firing at us and, you know, using drugs to do that. Like, is that technically emotional torture? I mean, I feel like emotional or mental torture is way worse than physical torture because physical torture hurts, but mental can leave scars that even if you do survive, you'll never recover from. Worst things to happen is what's worse than killing your enemy, killing your enemy and then having his daughter or son love you for it. Then that bugs me. That's crazy. Killing an enemy than having their daughter or son love you for it. Somehow. You're talking about the hook plot line? Kind of like hook, yeah. <laughs> I was about to say, is this like, we're going to kill my stepdad? And I was like, oh, <laughs> really? Well, tell the hunt. You know how he is like, you know, one-tenth of the whole population of the whole world or something like that. He, he destroyed everyone in Asia and stuff. And how he raped and pillaged all and killed all these people. And then he just eventually had kids with all of them. And then so eventually they all became his bond. They all became part of his culture. He forced them to be part of him. And I think that's crazy. But did they love him? Well, that or you hate your child. And you're, if you're a morally good person, you can't do that. Okay. So that's why your moral breaks down. That's why your spirit yeah. breaks down because of that. So either you become what he is or you end up just accepting him. So. I'm so lost how we got onto Attila the Hun. I love Attila the Hun. I love that's Jeff, though. You know, it's really easy to get lost down some sort of rabbit trail and you're like, how did we get here? Squirrel. <laughs> that's and why our. our you know podcast she's the structure on time organized one and i'm just like ooh, look butterfly our, murdering. our catchphrase is literally shut up jeff because that's you know i know i've I listened i've listened to some episodes i can tell that jeff kind of like is just walking into the room and kaylee's like so this is what we're going over today and then you just toss things out and you're just like all right thank you peanut gallery i'm gonna go back to the thing but it's valuable stuff he's tossing out too because then it makes you really think because it goes down a rabbit hole like if you look at the charles manson thing which i really need to find what that book is called and i need to read it but that leads into the government letting somebody out of prison or jail and letting them keep committing the same thing over and over and over again and torture makes you question things like one mm -hmm. thing that came out on Netflix, and I studied it before it came out on Netflix, was called the Stanford Prison Experiment. Yeah. So I talked about it with you guys. Did any of you guys look into it at all? I actually studied psychology and somewhat in college a little bit. So I actually know okay. a lot about that. Now, we, me and you both know, Jeff, that that experiment failed. It is not, it is, it is not around anymore. That experiment has failed. So oh, that's, really? that's, that's what I'm saying. Did it? Because if you look at it, it's exactly what's happened now. You put someone in the badge of power, next thing you know, oh, if everything goes nuts, they start going crazy with power. It's, that was the perfect example of what will happen. Those people knew they were being filmed. They couldn't get the honest reaction, but eventually they started to. And now we're seeing that now with what's going on in the world. If you put somebody at a higher pedestal than somebody, they're going to immediately treat them like trash. 
also it, mm-hmm. it fit and also made, they made it now to nowadays you have to be on a higher pedestal you just have to have them on lower one and i think that's what everything is messed up right now because be, before we used to have a even line of morals and then we'll try to get ahead of everyone else and that's when we get caught in cocky and then people will get brought down again but now we're just trying to tear people down below where we are in general and eventually you can't tear down the jenga set without everything over before Kaylee looks like she wants to say something, so I'm... Uh, no, oh, I was just... You just have to have some sort of structure, like, as of, like, culture and, like, religion. Even if you don't believe in religion, religion is important to everything. If you take the bottom two pieces of the Jenga and leave it on the very middle one, all you do is take a couple pieces off the side, right or left, Republican, Democrat, Libertarian, whatever you want to be, eventually it all comes down. And that's what everyone's trying to do right now. That's where you start from the top and go to the top people and start going down instead of the bottom up. That's what government does to Chef, I love <laughs> I love it when you go down on a conspiracy thing with me. I'm I'm, I'm oh. sorry everyone. I just I get crazy, crazy. Uh, is I, it I crazy though or are you really seeing through this stuff like would the world be a better place if people cared more about their neighbor yes it would be awesome if it was like mr rogers do i think mr rogers is a psychopath yes i do mostly like i get those senses about people but then you look at things like what in the world is going to keep creating these things and creating this world to be a dark shallow place to the point where maybe killings will never happen Maybe it'll be just a factor of people are just too ignorant of each other's lives, you know, which, so we don't even care about the person enough to even kill them. That's, is that a good thing? Is that a bad thing? Is it turn into Tom Cruise's movie where he can predict killings before they happen? I want to know if we get to that point. Are we going to be able to do that? Do you think in society with technology be able to predict a kill before it occurs? Well, like I said earlier, like rather than kill them, have them become your slave. You can't own slaves anymore, Jeff. There was a giant thing about it. No. <laughs> it's called no. voluntary slavery now. With it's called government. servitude. <laughs> servitude, yeah. That's, that's what it is now. You're talking days. about just being Manson 2.0. It's a seriously Manson. That's why, like you said, it's a, a um, government controlling. It's what it is. We're all dependent on certain people now. No one knows how to farm. No one knows how to do anything anymore without somebody else's help. <laughs> Would you say that technology uh, I, has made it so comfortable to with technically clipped our wings on how to survive? So now we have to rely on something that's bigger than us? I yes. think for sure. And it really, when it comes down to it too, it's clipped their, a lot of people's wings in the f- aspect of doing their own research and having their own train of thought. I think so many people allow other people to think for them, which I think Jeff kind of touched on earlier, but you see so often people are reading headlines and sharing articles and basing maybe their their post on that headline without even clicking the article and actually yeah. reading what that article is and potentially fact checking the aspects of that article to see if maybe this is coming from a biased source. and. Mm-hmm. So in in a sense, people are allowing others to control how they view things. Apparently, like 78% of the news reports within like the six or seven paragraph, they actually contradict the headlines in the story in most reports. Well, it's so, cl- it's clickbait, like, but 
what I, what I started noticing recently with the mass situation that's going on, I was standing in um, Marshall's. Yes, I'll admit I was standing in a Marshall's. I was getting a nice scented candle. I actually have it right here. It's called Blueberry and Tobacco. Um, ooh, ooh. I don't know how they got that mixed in together, but Spice. it smells. What is, what is that? Spice pumpkin. Everything. Okay. <laughs> I don't I don't do anything pumpkin because I had a bad day with fireball one time. So whenever I smell cinnamon or anything of that spice, it just makes me sick. But uh <laughs> back to the Marshall scenario. I was standing in line and a dude behind my live in a beach town, like I've told you. Um, mm -hmm. we get people from Virginia, New Jersey, New York, everywhere, all coming down here. Basically, it's a giant cesspool for coronavirus. And <laughs> behind me a dude was not wearing a mask and on the sign to walk in the store you have to wear a mask but i figured out once you get in there you don't have to wear one so i look behind me and i'm like sitting there and i'm like i don't really you know like the mask situation either why do i feel compelled to say something to him and yell at him for not wearing one and i realize it's a way of getting us all angry to split us up kind of but I asked the lady, I was like, you know, that guy's not wearing a mask, right? She goes, we can't say anything once they're in the store. And I said, I started thinking, I was like, why am I so upset at someone that doesn't wear a mask? And then when I see somebody driving with one on, I don't know what they're doing. They could be Ubering, you know, they could be Uber Eats just ran into a building instead of putting their mask down, they forgot or something. But I'm like, look at this guy driving around with a fucking mask. But then I'm like, where does this all well, I was like, where does it all come from? And I realized it's rule following. Yeah. Stanford experiment. When you break the law, you look at somebody like you're not following the rules. When you don't wear a mask and somebody else is wearing a mask, they get mad because you're not following the rules and they have to. It's literally, this is like the spark that's going to ignite everybody into this giant divide. We want to be together, but we're just ripping each other apart at this point. And the funny thing is, we all, like both sides, like there's like actually like five sides in my opinion, but we all can agree on certain things, but we're refusing to just to prove that they're wrong and I'm right, you're wrong. There's like the whole, there's a pedophile ring right now in government and higher elites and like barely people are talking about it. They rather talk about masks and all this other stuff, which is important. But like, And I think that something that's been pointed out that I think is very significant is the fact that you will have major celebrities coming out of the woodwork to talk about um, major political movements, but have you seen very many of them stand up and say, protect the children? I haven't seen very many at all. I, I mean, have you seen any? No, I don't I, think I have. I saw like two, and then they the were The biggest to, uh, ploy I've seen for attention is Will Ferrell coming out and talking with his wife about whatever the cheating or the open relationship they had. And you saw him like, like she was like, I was in this entrapment or in 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 whatever this this entanglement and he's like entanglement i thought this was love like what like you saw that whole face drop thing and you realize like why would you ever air your shit out on social media like that and you realize it's because everything being shut down it's the perfect time to try and be back in the news again exactly and then everyone start all these people started making memes about how he's so sad and everything. And that's just a toxic, it's pretty much making fun of a man for being cheated on. You you're never gonna look at, laughing at him. you're never gonna look at Will Smith as, as the Fresh Prince again. You're gonna look at him as that meme. People are gonna be looking at him as that meme. That's all you can see whenever you hear his name now. That man's career just completely went out. For what? The world works in this way that is 
so backwards where it's like I start hearing things now where I'm like, did you did you really expect it? We're not doing the best as people. Like, no wonder that guy popped his own eye out of his head and started running around and hitting people with it. Like, of course he did. Yeah. Yeah, it's so true. And uh, like I said, I think it does have a lot to do with social media. But this divide that's happening right now is just so severe. And people are just refusing to see that um, it's it's not a matter of which side is right or wrong. I think right now it's so important for us to come together and just establish the basics of we are all humans living on this planet. And maybe I'm not obligated to anybody's happiness, but it'd be nice if everybody collectively decided to try and spread love a little bit more than just open-mindedness. Just like, like how you said, I'm so open and I question everything. It's better to question three things and ask three questions than say a stupid answer. Because there's like, if you get drunk, you're going to regret it afterwards. You should think about what you cause. And that's one thing no one knows nowadays. They just want that temporary fix that I'm right, I'm the boss, I'm going to do whatever I want, and no one can understand it. Yeah, there's definitely a a lack of understanding. (laughs) Jeff, I love you to death. That was so close to being the best thing I've ever heard in my entire life, but you flubbed it up. But now you brought up a good thing. It's better to ask three questions than go with a stupid answer. That is perfect. But then you started going off into something else. And I was like, this is where, ah, you know, you get there. Yeah, yeah. But no, <laughs> it was perfect though, because that seriously makes a lot of sense. Like what I always try to do when I, because true crime is so popular now. When you guys are talking about it, do you ever sit there and try and think from the killer's perspective of maybe what was going on through their mind? Because every time I listen to a podcast or I hear somebody talk about, like, I always think of what the majority of people are going to think when they hear a crime or they hear a murder on the news is jump to the conclusion of, hey, they're a horrible person. But I'm like, what caused that person to get to that level? What causes someone to go shoot up a store? I think actually about on my second, I think think 200 episode. 200 episode, 215, I think I was on. I was always talking about that. I think it's going to be more likely we're going to see store shootings because of the aspect of people need a way to break out. And they feel like the only way to get famous or get attention or get someone to hear them is by doing a dramatic act. Yeah. Yeah. Well, most people, most serial killers, mass shooters, no one remembers the victims. They only remember the shooters, killers. And that's why we try to talk about the victims victims names and talk about their background and try to help we do i find criminal psychology extremely fascinating and so if there is some sort of psychological profile i do try and include that in our stories um and i do i do often talk about the killer's background and kind of where they've come from because there are a lot of commonalities that we can pinpoint and see in people's lives to potentially help find it maybe in someone who's younger and and try to put out that fire before it burns um yeah most killers and people they have a similar pattern mm -hmm. and it's so sad that who torture human beings for the physical and mental satisfaction um because they have this i don't want to make it sound like it's something that should be normalized but it's like a 
a little demon in their heads that's like constantly nagging them like an addiction yeah. that's telling them you need to do this or else you're not going to be physically well it's like having a craving for ice cream you really want this ice cream your fish food you really want some fish food oh, you picked a flavor <laughs> close to my heart telling you you really want that fish food you're out there searching for it you can't find it that's frustrating that's a very frustrating feeling and that frustration continues to build and i really hope that you're not going to go tie someone up in your basement for some fish food but you know that's that's why they have this need that this urge why people end up doing it another uh movie uh to bring up uh that you guys should watch instead of pain and gain the voices with ryan reynolds i don't think i've seen that so the I guy he's and it's ryan reynolds. yeah the guy is mentally kind of unstable and he takes these pills when he doesn't take the pills he lives with a bulldog mastiff and he lives with a cat and the dog and the cat develop voices and the voices are those things in his head telling him to do these weird acts the cat's like an australian killer like uh chop her head off chop her head off and the dog's just like don't do that that was like it's the good and bad angel that sits on your shoulder or the animals and he ends up uh driving to this with this girl picks her up and then he ends up hitting a deer and then he is kind of like you know a little bit mentally kind of unstable goes like sees the deer dying and wants to kill it, you know, to put it out of its misery. And then um, the girl thinks that she's going to get killed by the guy after he kills the deer and runs off into the woods and he slips and stabs her with the knife. And then he chops her up and puts, puts, puts her in the refrigerator. And you get to see as he's like sitting there, like talking to the dead body and she's like alive. Like she's not, she's not literally alive. She's like, in the in the refrigerator with like her head chopped off and she's sitting there talking to him but it's his mind doing that playing these tricks and these illusions on him and they're like you need to take your pills then he takes his pill and he realized oh my god like she's dead oh my like ah uh, and then like it, it then he stops taking the pills again and then he starts baggaging up her organs and stuff into bags and putting it in the freezer and then he starts doing it to more girls in the thing and it like leads down this whole rabbit hole. It's like uh, under, what you said before about understanding doesn't make it. It's not a, it's something that's right. It's not saying you should go do that. But some people have this thing in their head where they don't know right from wrong. They think that's the correct way. And that's the understanding. Yeah. yeah. How they envision what is right is what's wrong. I think today's society, every different opinion, what is right. And we're all really wrong in reality. We, all, we should all think that we're wrong trying to prove right for a good cause instead of prov proving everything's good for a wrong cause. So, um, like- I get what you're trying to say. Well, that's why like a lot of these like major wars is, it doesn't sound bad for some people, but some of it is with religion and stuff. That's why like we go invade Iran or something, invade people who are Muslim or for oil and stuff. We do it for a certain thing and we shouldn't be doing it for that. We'd be doing it for a different reason or we should be just defending ourselves and not be charging like aggressively. It's, uh, I don't know, <laughs> sorry, message. Uh, yeah, I, it's, it, there's definitely just blurred lines right now, I think between right and wrong and what's right and what's wrong. And everybody is so completely convicted that their version of reality is right. 
And I just think that there needs to be more open-mindedness with some things, not not murder, not but more of understanding somebody else's pro thought process. That should be something everyone agrees on. Like that's yeah. the, that should be the one of the only things everyone should agree on to go after. We should all, all both sides get guns, go kill all these elites. That's a little. Stick your hands okay. in Skippy or Jif peanut butter and beat up your neighbor who has a peanut allergy. <laughs> well, Wait, what? I think I think we're all in a we're all in agreement here. But seriously, thank you guys. This has been a podcast with the United States of Horror. Please, guys, promote your show. Jeff, do you remember any of the links, or is it all Kaylee that's got to do it? Inker, that's all I know. It's all me. Um, so the main thing that we would like to get from people is spooky stories. So whether that's personal paranormal experiences or hold on one second. Stop that. Yeah. Oh no, where'd he go? Oh there, there you are. Okay, sorry. So whether that's personal paranormal experiences, if you've had a run-in with a serial killer and survived Whatever your personal experience may be that's related to horror, I would really like to see emails from those people with their stories. So our email is unitedstatesofhorror at gmail.com. And then we are the most active on Instagram, which is at United States of Horror. And then Facebook is facebook.com forward slash United States of Horror. And we're on Patreon, Twitter, all that fun stuff. So, yeah. Yeah. Anchor. I think I have, a, I have a few stories I could submit to you guys. Does, does getting almost probably raped over a funnel cake count as a serial killer story? Depends. Did yes. you get the cake at the end? <laughs> Don't ask questions, Jeff. I want to hear it. Yes. <laughs> Let's just say a guy offered to me a free funnel cake if, he helped, if I helped him with his horse at a carnival. And as I was going to go do that, uh, I, my grandma came out of the bathroom. She's like, where are you going? And I stopped and realized, oh, I could have just been, and the guy <laughs> disappeared. He, I was like, you don't need my help anymore? He's like, nope, I'm good, man. I'm like, okay. So. You just want to funnel your tunnel. <laughs> Look, if it's for a funnel cake, I don't know if you've ever had a funnel cake before, but if it's the right situation, it's called for it. That's been the podcast with Jeff and uh, Kaylee from uh, the United States of Horror. And try a funnel cake out there, people. It's the best advice I can give to you. And also check out their amazing podcast. And stay tuned for another episode of Out of the Blank.